This is the EWN Podcast Network. Welcome to Late Boomers, our podcast guide to creating your third act with style, power, and impact. Hi, I'm Kathy Worthington. And I'm Mary Elkins. Join us as we bring you conversations with successful entrepreneurs, entertainers, and people with vision who are making a difference in the world. Everyone has a story, and we'll take you along for the ride on each interview, recounting the journey our guests have taken to get where they are, inspiring you to create your own path to success. Let's get started. Hello, I'm Kathy Worthington. Welcome to Late Boomers. Today we have as our guest, Blair A.B., president of Energetic Wave Publishing, author, poet, educator, and mystic. And I'm Mary Elkins. He has written five books and numerous articles on meditation, manifestation, and mindfulness, and developed higher consciousness meditation after many years studying meditation and yoga. Welcome, Blair. Mary. Kathy, lovely to be here. Thank you so much. Pleasure to have you. Please tell us a little bit about your background and how you ended up on the interesting journey you are on today. Um, well, I grew up in North Carolina. Uh, I grew up in a, in a, in a Christian church. Um, went to school in North Carolina and then came to California uh, when I, right after I finished college. Um, it was quite a culture change from small town North Carolina to San Francisco, but fabulous. Um, and before too long, uh, I was involved in personal development, um, started doing yoga at an ashram uh, um, in, in downtown San Francisco. And um, of course, meditation was part of that practice, uh, a fellow by the name of Swami Sachinananda who was the guru who introduced uh, Woodstock. Um, and I've been doing uh, yoga and meditation ever since. Um, uh-huh. Spent a number of years in the Bay Area, went back to North Carolina for a while, came back to California. Um, but I really didn't take a deep dive into my meditation practice and really began to discover some of the things that I write about in my book um, until about six years ago when I took a job in San Diego. Um, it was an assistant state director job for the program that I was in, um, a big promotion and all of that. Well, it turned out my boss was a psychopath. Uh, it's the first time oh. I ever had a bad <laughs> boss supervisor. But she was abusing employees, uh, mishandling funds. She was running the program into the, into the ground. And uh, before the year was out, I, I um, I did a whistleblowing and let people know uh, what was going on above us. Well, that caused a big furor, as you can imagine. Uh, sure. An investigation was done. She got fired, but they fired me too. Often happens to whistleblowers. Uh-huh. Um, and I was considered to be a troublemaker because I had shined the light on them and their mismanagement of her, and that was a problem. Uh-huh. Um, so. After doing uh, the kind of work that I was doing for about 25 years, my career trajectory came to an end. My income came to an end, um, and I was devastated, as you can imagine. 
it was a very yeah. difficult time. Um, I took a deep dive into my meditation practice for therapy and began journaling. And in the process of journaling, I, I began to have um, what I call soul contact or contact with my higher self or higher consciousness in a way that I didn't expect. And part of that just came through the journaling and the writing. And there would be times I'd be sitting at the computer and, and, and all of a sudden there'd be, I'd get a sense of spirit moving and kind of flowing through my fingers uh, and onto the keyboard and then onto the, the computer screen. Uh, so that was fabulous. Um, I'd, I'd always wanted to have that kind of experience, but never had in my meditation practice. Um, and after doing about 150,000 words of, uh, of journaling, I began to realize that I had material for some books. And that was when uh -huh. I began to write. I never intended to be an author um, and certainly didn't expect to be an author of uh, spiritual books. But now I've done six. Oh, um, good for you. And have, um, uh, you know, put them on the Kindle, uh, Amazon Kindle uh, platform. Uh, and that's uh -huh. where I publish from. Uh, yeah. That's where people can get all of my books if they're interested in that. Um, but it was, it, it just started me off in a new direction and a new career. And, you know, as I look back at it now, I realize it's the best thing that could have happened. But at the time, it just seemed chaotic and totally uh, discombobulating and, and uh, yeah. crazy making. Um, but it was yeah. as if my higher consciousness, my soul really said, okay, we need to take a minute to return here. We need to wake you up in a way that you haven't awakened before. <laughs> and uh, it's time for you to do something else. So mm -hmm. that's kind of the story of how I uh, came to be here today talking with you. Uh -huh. Well, how do you combine that business world sensibility with meditation and mindfulness? Yes. Um, I don't see any conflict uh, between the two. In fact, I still do some business consultation, um, um, uh, although it's not my major focus these, these days. I still do that. Um, and, I, and I really like working with clients. Uh, uh, I think I bring maybe a little extra to my interaction with them as a result of my um, spiritual growth and, and my meditation practice. So I don't see them as being conflict in any way. Although, of course, meditation is a whole different kind of uh, undertaking uh, than, uh -huh. than business consultation. And, uh, it, you know, it has a different purpose and it has a, uh, a different outcome. Uh, but, uh, in fact, interestingly enough, Google has combined the two. Google now has a very large program of um, offering people uh, meditation uh, training. Um, wow. They have found that it um, that people perform better. Uh, they have less um, absenteeism. Uh, they're more productive. Uh, they're more creative in meetings. I mean, the, the, uh, the, the, the science on that or the results that uh, Google and other large companies have, have found as a result of offering this kind of uh, training uh, is very beneficial. And they're letting the employees do, do that during their workday like that? 
Well, I, I think Meditation so. Breaks. Yeah, I, um, I, I've heard that they sometimes even start meetings with a little, you know, moment of, of silence. But certainly, the individuals who have gone through the program um, will yeah. find that doing mindfulness practices throughout the day to just remind themselves to wake up and and, and to uh, kind of breathe into that higher consciousness part of themselves it is a way to silently and without anybody really knowing that we're doing that, uh, do meditation mm-hmm. practice um, and get those benefits that we were just talking about from, from doing that uh, type of activity. It must make it a, a kinder, gentler workplace these days for those people who do go in. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Especially if you're if you're a supervisor or a boss. <laughs> you <know>? Exactly. That might make the job a little easier. Yeah, and you have said that the fundamental tenet of your work is that we are all eternal beings. Can you tell our audience a little bit what you mean by that and yes. why that is important? Well, I think it's maybe one of the most important things that any one human being can come to realize in a lifetime, that they are not only human beings in three-dimensional biomechanical vehicles that we drive around in, um, but that we are also uh, eternal beings, beings of higher consciousness, and that soul contact is possible, um, and that... There's more to life than than just the everyday running around, uh, you know, trying to trying to get on top and, and trying to survive. Um, that by tapping into your higher consciousness or your higher self, that really provides um, dramatic enrichment to your life and also improves what one's life because when you meditate when you raise it raise you raise your vibration so your your vibratory rate goes up and the law of of attraction uh, the law of vibration would say that the energy that you put off is what you get back so you attract to you the same kind of energy people circumstances um um uh, and events um, uh, in, in, in a direct response to the energy that you're giving off. So if you're giving off a, a higher form of energy, then the likelihood of your life getting better um, increases. And that's certainly been my experience. And as I talk mm-hmm. to lots of people who, are, who do meditation, they will uh, often echo that, that their life just got better. Um, often it, they don't understand why it got better, but my explanation is: when you meditate, again, you your consciousness, you, you, your consciousness goes up, your vibratory rate goes up, and the likelihood of attracting things, good things to you, um, uh-huh. increases. I also think, I also think that one of a human's um, significant accomplishments in life is in any life because i think um uh, i think our soul kind of waits for us to recognize it in some lifetime 
Now, I believe in past lives, so I believe that we come back over and over again. Um, but I think over and over again, we come back, we, we come back, we stay we asleep. Um, we come into a society that's asleep. We stay asleep. We're hypnotized by what's going on. We die hypnotized. And that lifetime opportunity to wake up has been lost for that time. And the soul goes, uh, next time, you know, let's maybe let's work on that a little more. Um, so that was kind of my experience with my own soul contact is I, I got a sense that my soul had been waiting lifetimes really for me to wake up and was right there as soon as I acknowledged it. It was right there wanting to um, interact with me, wanted to wanting to um, become my partner in this lifetime uh, in, a, in a way that uh, I hadn't experienced really up until about six or seven years ago. Uh-huh. Well, you've, yeah, I do want to talk about that later, but um, as far as your soul contact, yes. but, but um, you mentioned some of the benefits of med- meditation, right. but you have a, a different method of your own call, that you call higher consciousness meditation. Is that right? That's right. And how's that different from other methods? And also mm-hmm. tell us how it works. I understand. And sure, I'll be happy to share that with you. My experience with meditation over a 45-year period of time um, is that I tried different types of meditation, uh, different types of meditation training in addition to the yoga uh, meditation practice that I originally encountered. Almost all of the practices that I encountered were about training the mind to be quiet. Well, the mind doesn't want to be quiet. I mean, uh, if you've tried meditation before, no. you know exactly what I'm saying. Oh, yeah, Mary and I are oh, yeah. <laughs> We both meditate, so we're, okay. we yeah. know you're You know coming. exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah, the um, mind is talking all the time. It never stops. That's right. And it's, it's you know, constantly... Um, um, surveying the past, uh, it's constantly projecting into the future. What could happen? How can I avoid a problem? How can I get a benefit? You know, how can I get on top? Um, uh, you know, how 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 can I be uh, successful? And seldom is just in the moment. And of course, that's what meditation is about. Whether it's a sit-down meditation type practice, or whether it's mindfulness meditation, which is short pauses throughout the day, uh, where yeah. you um, say something to yourself like peace, be still, um, or I, I breathe higher consciousness, or, or something that reminds you and by taking a deep breath actually can put you, at least for a moment, into that state of mind. And it's a lovely state of mind. And it's something that I do frequently throughout the day as a way of accentuating the longer sit-down meditation practice that I do in the morning and in the evening. So I do that in the morning. I do longer meditation in the evening, and then I do mindfulness meditation um, uh, sayings, if you will, mantras, uh, um, to to just remind myself to just wake myself up. So my higher consciousness meditation practice is intended to bypass all of that mind training, because all of that mind training is difficult. It can take years to, to train your mind. Your mind doesn't want to be trained. 
uh, it doesn't, it's kind of like a wild horse that doesn't want to be, tra- uh, you know, doesn't want to be uh, broken. Um, and the higher consciousness meditation practice is one where, well, I'll just demonstrate. It, it starts with saying, peace, be still. Taking a deep breath, pausing, letting that breath out, and then just settling into that state. And then offering up several open-ended statements that are intended to have a response where you get a sense of, first and foremost, God or the all. I like to use the all instead of God because God's such a loaded word. Um, And where you uh, also invite your soul or your higher self to respond to a statement higher content or uh, uh, the all is pause and then see what you get back as a response you might get something like the all is omnipresent well, if, if that's a response, then you can immediately tap into that whole, that, that sense of the universe being and, and the all being omnipresent and you be part being part of that. So then you say to yourself, I'm one with that. Then you say to yourself, um, higher consciousness is and leave it as an open-ended statement or soul is and leave it as an open-ended statement and see what comes back. Now, it might take 5, 10, 20 times before you begin to get some kind of response. But the beauty of that is that the all wants you to know about it. And certainly your soul or your higher consciousness wants you to know about it. So there will be a response. And you begin to get an uplift. You'll begin to get a sense of what that's about. And... The, the the thoughts start just just kind of drop away or melt away um, automatically. Um, the next step of it is to just say to yourself, I am an eternal being and I'm one with the all. I'm one with my higher consciousness. And then you okay. finish up by saying, illuminate, elevate, radiate. So mm. you're getting a sense of illumination. You're getting a sense of elevating consciousness. And then you're radiating that into your world, which is a benefit not only to you, but to the, to your world uh, by itself, uh, in and of itself. Then uh-huh. you just pause and just be with that sense or feeling that you get from doing that for as long as you wish. If you only have a minute or two, a minute or two, in which case it would take about five minutes. If you have 10, 15, 20 minutes, you can just kind of marinate there in that sense of allness and in that sense of having made soul contact with your higher self. I love that yeah, method. That, That's so beautiful. Like, like meditation yeah. 2.0 is the way, one of the ways how I like to describe uh-huh. it. It's just kind of an upgrade in kind of meditation practices that I encountered in my uh, uh, meditation training. I like that idea of the open, open question in your mind to then whatever, whatever you get is what you get. You know, you can eat, you can change, uh-huh. change it up a little bit if you need to, but it's what it's what you get back. It's not a prescribed something or other. It's, uh-huh. it's your own experience of that. 
and uh, people mm-hmm. said they really love it. Let's talk about a little a uh, little bit about mindfulness. Okay. Um, because you you have a set a set of sacred sense mindfulness practices, and yes. maybe you could give us some examples of some of your mindfulness exercises. Yes. My favorite, and it's not really a sense per se, as in a five sense, but it's a spiritual sense, I think, or a sacred sense, which is just a sacred breath. And, and having a sense that spirit has moved as a result of you just having taken that breath. You settle in, you expand out, and you're just there. <clears throat> but another sacred sense is the ability to see with sacred eyes. So, example I like to use is going to the grocery store. Sometimes I'll go to the grocery store, and if I remember to do this, and I try and remember this every time I go, um, if I take a deep breath and buzz my eyes up a little bit and look out into the grocery store and begin to see that there's something else going on besides just three-dimensional reality, that there's life force going on, that everybody I'm seeing I'm seeing in, in, a, in a little bit different way. I'm maybe even seeing their auras. You know the term namaste, mm-hmm. which means <clears throat> it's the Hindu uh, greeting. Namaste means the higher consciousness in me acknowledges the higher consciousness in you. Well, that that's what happens is 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 is, is when you say namaste in that way you actually begin to see the essence of that other person. You see them from a sacred perspective. Um, You see their higher consciousness or their essence. Um, Now, you can imagine if you're dealing with your kids or grandchildren or if you're dealing with a spouse and you've sort of shifted your consciousness and you're seeing their essence or their their higher selves, that's going to be a little bit different interaction with that person than if you just are in three-dimensional reality and you're just going in and in and in and in, you know, the kind of things that we do with each other. Um, so those that's a couple of examples of the uh-huh. use of sacred senses. But every, every sense has a degree of sacredness about it. For example, if you think of sacred tasting, that would mean um, the way that you uh, taste your food. Um, shift your consciousness into kind of a a sense of sacredness about the food and the supply chain, gratitude, that brought you that food. Um, All of a sudden, the food sort of takes on a different mm, essence. And if you'll chew it slowly um, uh, and mindfully um, and taste the textures and the spices, you know, you can cut the whole experience of eating an apple becomes a different experience. So that's what I term sacred senses, which means, again, shifting your consciousness as you see, touch, taste, feel, breathe um, um, as as a way of life in a way, as a way of interacting with the world. 
that's a in a way that's that's like what the ancient civilizations did when they 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 actually hunted their own food and they said blessings over it as a lot of people do at the dinner tables uh, these for these days for, to the to the deer for having sacrificed itself <laughs> for you yes um, uh. we did a um, my wife and I did a, um, a vegetarian cooking class at the ashram that I learned meditation and one of their practices is to have everybody who are everybody's preparing the food do so in silence and then eat in silence as well and that's a good way to um, interact with the cooking of the food and cooking love into the food as opposed to a lot of disregard or uh, even annoyance you know that you're doing the cooking um cooking love into the food and then experiencing that food and, and, and gratitude and uh in, in tastefulness uh, yeah i love that yeah yeah nice? <laughs> uh-huh yeah we, we you talked a bit about souls before and yeah. i would like very much to learn more about soul contact okay. what it is yeah. and even more, how do you make soul contact? Right. Well, I think each one of us has a protector, a higher consciousness, a soul. And um, I think many people um, have heard about that. You know, we each have a soul, but don't understand what that means. Um, the meditation practice that I was talking about earlier, or even as I was saying, doing the journaling and all of a sudden um, tapping into that part of myself that I would consider to be my soul as I was doing my writing um, led me to have a firm conviction that there is a part of me that is soul, that is higher self, that is wiser, that's in fifth dimensional reality, that is going before me if I allow it to to smooth out the path, um, uh, and that that's that's available to all of us because it's it's there for all of us. Now, again, if you don't recognize it, if you don't come to know that, it's as if it doesn't exist. And you know, somebody who hasn't had that experience would say, "Well, that's that can't be true. I haven't had that experience." Well, no, if you haven't had that experience, then it's then it's not true for you. But for those people who have had that experience, um, uniformly, it's a, it's, a, it's a lovely experience because that makes available to you a relationship that um, is beneficial in a number of ways. In fact, I even have a, a little practice that I use for... Um, manifestation that is an acknowledgement of soul contact. If you like, I'll share that with you. Please. Yes. The way that practice goes, and it's called the best possible outcomes mm. practice or the best possible outcomes process. Um, that starts huh? uh, as with the meditation practice that we talked about earlier with a peace be still, settling into that space, if you will, and then 
saying, I ask for the best possible outcome related to the podcast that I'm about to go into with Mary and Kathy, which I did prior to this, um, or to the best possible outcome for a parking place or to the best possible outcome for my need for transportation. Um, so you're asking for the best possible outcome and then pausing, taking a breath, and getting a sense that your higher consciousness or your soul has engaged, has, has moved in a way. And then thanking soul for its participation in your life or its, 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 your relationship with that part of yourself. Now, if you've ever done any mind, any manifestation work, you know, you'll recognize this as being, number one, very simple but also very powerful because it begins with an ask to your higher self, right? Ask for it. And then it um, proceeds on to the best possible outcome related to something, but not a specific prescription for what the outcome should be. It's not a BMW appearing in my driveway tomorrow. It's not a, you know, a, a board you know, with pictures and all the, you know, doing a lot of uh, repetitious uh, wishing for that. Um, I don't think God is a Santa Claus. Uh, I don't, but I think what's possible is to engage with your higher consciousness that knows you intimately and knows what's best for you and your personal growth and your personal evolution and will move in a way that will facilitate your higher, highest, um, the highest possible outcome, the greatest possible outcome for a particular ask. And then there's the thanking of that part of yourself for its participation in your life. So you're basically turning it over to your soul or to your higher self. So that's one of the ways that I engage with my uh, higher self which I like to call high C, sort of affectionately. Um, <laughs> high C. High C. That's good. Uh, I like as that. A, as, a, um, as a way to do a different manifestation exercise than you normally hear in the, man in the world of manifestation mm -hmm. and the secret. Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, we've all learned, and a lot of our our guests on this podcast have talked about the importance of gratitude. So yes. please talk about gratitude and why does it work? Right. How does it work and why does it work? Well, to me, gratitude is similar to uh, meditation itself. Gratitude puts you into a higher state of consciousness. And in a higher state of consciousness, again, the tendency is to attract better people, circumstances, uh, and, and events into your life. So it's a very beneficial thing to do, but it also then blesses your world. So you're not only rising up in consciousness when you do, uh, when you do some kind of gratitude practice, but you're also blessing that thing about which you're grateful. So it's not unusual for me in fixing breakfast for myself in the morning and, you know, doing a whole thing 
to be very grateful to the supply chain of which there are many parts <laughs> that have food appearing in my refrigerator and on my shelves that I don't have to go out and kill and that I, <laughs> and that I don't have to hunt and gather, uh, but is you know right there and available for me to um, uh, enjoy. Um, so I think that's um, why why gratitude is is so helpful. It's kind of like the higher the uh, best possible outcomes practice. It's it, 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 you rise up in consciousness and you set up a, a vibratory rate which is beneficial for you as well as for the world around you and for whatever it is that you're grateful for. I love that. And, and I was about to say that too. I love that too. <laughs> and <laughs> as far as I can't, I love the best possible outcome idea. Yes. And I'm going to try it from now on. But I have to ask you right. have you been surprised by it actually happening? Um, can you relay a few inc incidents where you actually did wish for the best possible outcome and there it was in front yes. of you? Yes. Um, sure. Um, and I use it all the time. And you can use it in it for anything. You can use it for anything small. You can use it for anything that's big. You know, it, it, it has no limitations as far as its use is concerned. Um, good example. We were uh, looking for a house to buy. Uh, this was um, four, four years ago. Um, and it was at the height of the... Uh, uh, the buying boom here in California. And so it was hard to find a place. And we put in offers on four or five houses. And each time we got aced out of the, uh, uh, the offer didn't happen. It was going to people often with full cash offers and higher than the asking price. Um, so it was right in there that I was developing uh, the best possible uh, practice. So I, I decided that I would use it. And um, one day, we were looking at, at Zillow, and there was a picture of a house on Zillow, uh, and it was it looked like a ratty place. It didn't look like much of anything, um, but I looked at where it was on the map, and I thought, ah, this maybe this maybe you know just maybe this is um, a possibility. So we went and drove by the house, and and it was. It was interesting looking um, and you could see that there was a view in the back so we asked our realtor to show us the house well he took us in and his first reaction is it's terrible you wouldn't you're not interested in this house and my first reaction was oh this is fabulous because i have remodeling in my background i have some construction in my background and i could see that this house had great bones that it was what we needed in terms of a single story house that it had plenty of room, that it had a great deck out back, although it needed to work on. It was way overgrown. The guy hadn't done anything with it in, in five, 10 years, maybe. Um, but, and because it was not very well presented, not many people had gone to see, had actually gone to see the house. Mm -hmm. So we put in an offer. It turned out there was already an offer in. Um, but, our real estate agent, when we next talked to him, was in an L.A. with the owner's real estate agent at a conference, and they consummated the deal. 
<laughs> but um, along the way, you were doing your outcomes work. Yeah, yeah. It's just, uh, um, yeah, I thought, you know, maybe, maybe this, maybe this does work. Uh, you know, maybe this will work. Yeah. So the more I use it, the more it works, and it does come forth in surprising ways sometimes. You know, I have, I have sort of a, in the back of my mind, well, this is what I'd like to have the outcome be. But I know that I have to put that aside because I know that the best possible outcome isn't necessarily the specific thing that I have in my mind, but it's what I will allow spirit to provide. Um, and that, so that, often it's so often it's something we can't even think of what it, that different. would be. Yeah. We don't we I mean, can't imagine right. it. Precisely. Exactly. Um, parking place. Well, maybe not. Oh, maybe, yeah. but the best place to park is right out front. It may be that I need to be, be down the street and then be walking by a store and look in and see something that really is something special and that would be that would go well in the house. Uh, and that that's that's why I need to, you know, not be <laughs> right in front of the restaurant, but down the street a little bit. So it's it's it's, it's interesting to just kind of then observe if you're using this practice, just to kind of observe and allow. Um, and then be grateful for, you know, whatever the, whatever the outcome is. I wouldn't have said the best outcome for losing my job, um, you know, and, and moving to California to take this job was what it was. And I couldn't even have imagined that I would be sitting here today doing what I'm doing with you lovely ladies um, uh, uh, and, 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 and writing and, and, and doing some kind of amazing things. I, you know, it wasn't even on my radar screen that this is, would be the outcome five years, eight years later. It's beautiful. What would you well, like our listeners to have as a takeaway today, Blair? Well, I'd like to offer a copy of my book, the mindfulness book. Uh, it's it, what I'll do is send people an, an e-version, you know, electronic version. If what they mm -hmm. do is go to my website, icmeditation.com. That's, uh, H I capital C as in the high C note or higher consciousness, high C meditation.com. Uh, they can, um, uh, they can uh, request a copy and I'll, I'll email it okay. to them and uh, happy to share that with them. That sounds wonderful. Yeah. I'm going to do it. Thank you so much, Blair. You're welcome. Our guest, our guest today on Late Boomers has been Blair Ab, entrepreneur, author, poet, educator, mystic, and explorer of the world of higher consciousness. And as Blair said, you can reach him at highcmeditation.com. That's H-I with a capital C and meditation.com. And ask for one of his books. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, okay. We want to remind our listeners that we now have our own YouTube channel, Late Boomers Podcast. So watch us on there and please subscribe. Also, please subscribe to the podcast on your favorite platform so you don't miss any of our weekly episodes and you can take us hiking and you can take us cooking and follow us on Instagram <laughs> at Late Boomers and at I am Kathy Worthington and at I am Mary Elkins. We hope that our episode today entertained and inspired you. Thank you so much again, Blair. You're welcome. Namaste. Namaste. <laughs> Namaste.
Thank you for joining us on Late Boomers, the podcast that is your guide to creating a third act with style, power, and impact. Please visit our website and get in touch with us at lateboomers.biz. If you would like to listen to or download other episodes of Late Boomers, go to ewnpodcastnetwork.com. This podcast is also available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and most other major podcast sites. We hope you make use of the wisdom you've gained here and that you enjoy a successful third act with your own style, power, and impact.